0: Max. Max.
1: Max. My name is Max My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. And you are awaited. Um, we're gonna forgo the, the lengthy intro that we usually do and just uh, welcome Greg Van Borsom. How you doing? Uh, uh, <laughs> to, to our we're super excited to, to have you here. Um, I could I could name a couple of things to, to intro you, but if you'd rather just
2: sort of
0: yeah, what's Depends up? You, what's are what are you gonna name? What you name? Tell us yeah. some stuff. Well, yeah, tell us, tell us,
2: tell us some stuff, and we'll let people figure it out what on the kind time. of stuff. What are you? Stuff what, about we'll do, me. what are you doing in the film, and then uh, and then we'll get into, like details. Yeah, you, I mean, and then you worked I'm, in many capacities on I mean, yeah, the yeah. film, as yeah. I understand
0: it. I've been I've been writing and directing with George slash Miller George, George. I just call him George. Is the That's name. called George. Uh, George. On, on this show, I, I think been, people get it. We'll put yeah. it in the footnotes <laughs> if people understand. I've been writing, directly with George for many, many, many years. Uh, we we met through a guy called Angry Anderson in Australia, who's a very famous Australian rock and roller. He's the reason Guns Angry Anderson's the reason Guns N' Roses exist. Huh? Wow. So Guns N' Roses, they when when Rose Tattoo used to come to America. Yeah. They used to bring <laughs> the American tour promoters used to bring makeup artists out because they thought that the tattoos were fake. <laughs> and now all of Rose Tattoo work, they're covered in tattoos, Right. and so when Guns N' Roses saw these guys they said they're the real deal and so they changed what they were trying to be to make themselves like Rose Tattoo, and, and that's, that's why Angry so still hard. sings on stage with Slash.
2: Really? Wow. Yeah.
0: Angry's one of my best mates and he's uh, 60, nearly 70 years old now. But he's and lived, he's and, done it. Oh man, he's, he's amazing. He yeah. still plays to crowds of 150,000 in Germany sure. at his age now, And but he and Slash still hang out together and still sing together right. and do stuff together, so it's really cool. But Angry that's and I, great. that's how I met George, and we... I had I'd written a screenplay, I'm, I'm a self-taught filmmaker, mm-hmm. so I was a carpenter, hated being a carpenter. I'd been a professional athlete in various capacities, you know, I've won lots of stuff and I call it stuff because it doesn't matter, yeah. know, I've been world champion in a couple of different things and a national champion of various sports. Oh. I
2: would love you to mention a couple just because that's yeah. a crazy <laughs> thing to leave, dangling. Yeah. I was the world's youngest
0: pro natural bodybuilder at 20, what? Uh, I went to three Mr. Universes by 23 and final in all of them. and then. Got out of that. I've been a martial artist for nearly 40 years. I've sort of lived and trained all around the world, including the Shaolin Temple in China. Uh, I'm the current, with my training partner Craig Ginger, we're the, the current world shooting champions, pistol shooting champions, and what else? Uh, oh, filmmaking was the I've other. I've never thing. been yeah. happier than I asked so, a follow-up question in my life. So, right. so we're, you know, and filmmaking was something I just wanted to do, and yeah. so I started teaching myself and. and you know, my friends, were not, and I, I hated being a carpenter so much that I decided I wanted to quit and be a filmmaker. And my friend said to me, how are you going to do it? I said, I have no idea, but I'm going to make it happen. And it, it took years. And I had to go really round the back traps to make it happen because no one wanted to know about me. And so I ended up trying to think about how to make it work. I thought, well, I had a good physique and I was good at martial arts. I used to have hair. And so I thought, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll go via Hong Kong. So I started learning Mandarin at nights and I, and I ended up setting up a fake film company sending all my resumes and stuff across to Hong Kong and then ringing them a week and a half later as someone else representing this great up and coming martial so arts action star and he's coming to Hong Kong I had to look at my bank account because I didn't have enough money to get there yeah. and they said when's he coming and I went "I'm looking at how much I could save I said I'll be there in May 1990, uh, 90, 1996 it was May 96 is when I went over there and I'd made such a good impression on the phone that all the main Jackie Chan's people everybody wanted to meet with me And that's how I got started. It all fell apart, it didn't last, because when China moved back into Hong Kong, all the main stars went to America, and the whole industry died overnight. And so I had to come back to Australia, get back in the building, which I didn't want to do. Building gave me massive depression, I hated it. And it it drove me to be a filmmaker. And so I started making my own short films, I started working those through, and I started writing my own screenplays. And what got me noticed by George was the fact that I wasn't untrained, because George isn't trained either, he's a doctor. there was, he read my screenplay and there was something different about it. It's one we had been doing for years called Warrior's Lost. We've been working on it together for years now. And it didn't have the same three-act structure as every other film had. And he said, I don't know where it's going, but I'm excited to find out. And it's a very deep story, but it's an action, embodied in an action film. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's what got us started. And then not long after, we were going to start doing Mad Max. That was back in the like, late 90s.
2: So this is on the radar, but it, wasn't, it was still sort of i read it. A. I was
0: actually Doug, our producer, <coughs> Doug didn't know me from a bar of soap. Right. George invited me to read the screenplay, and I'm sitting there in this torn old singlet, reading this at right. George's desk in George's big glass office. And I see this guy, this like fifth floor, looking out this window, staring at me.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and Who's then the kid? phone starts ringing around the building, and this, they're trying to find out who this guy is that's in George's office, this random person. That's great. And George was—he had me reading the screenplay, and then George said, "I would like you know, to fight choreograph this film." This was back in the late '90s, and then we started. We were working on Warriors Lost together, and then. Happy Feet was on the radar. We had two other people were set to direct that. It wasn't anything to do with us. It was, we were just going to sub it out because we were going to go to Fury Road. And then I I was with George at the time when the call came through, when all the dollar had changed, the war had started, and the film fell over. And I've never seen someone take a bad phone call so well. And it was the first time I really realized what a good leader George was. And he looked at me, he said, Doug just told me the film's just been stopped. So anyway, back to the story, and he just (laughs) Uh, went straight back into what we were working on. that's great. And that was, that was the first time I really knew I was with the right person. Well, it's the same
2: exact thing that you just described about yourself. It's a guy who's who's going to make it happen regardless. Yeah. will stop working because of a minor obstacle. Yeah,
0: and it was, you know, that was, and so of course, then the Happy Feet thing. George decided to go off and do that, so I kept working on the on my film. And then George rang me a little bit later, like about six months later. Look, we're in real trouble on Happy Feet. He said, "We can't find anybody to direct this film with me to run second unit." He said, "Do you want to do it?" I said, George, I know nothing about computers. I know less about penguins. I've never worked with dancers. I've never I've never done a feature film. Sweet spot. And he Perfect. goes, He goes, yeah, because made for he this. goes, but you'll figure it out. He said, I just think you're the right guy for the job. And everyone was against me doing it except yeah. him. He fought tooth and nail to get me in the door to do that film. And I wanted to prove him right. That's yeah, a commonality
2: like, I among mean, so many people that we talk to. It's this it's it's, it's Picking the right person, not the right resume. And that's what it was. It and know, seem, I'm very big on that. I yeah, same, agree with it Same. But it's very rare in this industry, I think, that to find people. But it always seems to work yeah, well, when you pick the right person, and not just the right set well, right. yeah, of and, credentials. But I've
0: always been a very much about yeah, the people. And I mean, like even the guy thank you, you thank met you then, you. then yeah. Kenny, who came before as one of our VFX artists. Now, Thank you. He said to me that, you know, and and all of my team did, they said, we would if, if you were working on any film, we would come anywhere in the world and drop what we're doing and come work with you. Right. Because I never called myself a boss. I never ever put myself above the team. I would wait in the lunch line with everybody else. Because mm-hmm. the best thing about a lunch line is people bitch and gripe and see here are the yeah. problems on the yeah. film and you just yeah. make them go away. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't take any kudos for it. You just make make shit happen, you know? Yeah. And that's what happened with the movie. And we took a film which was way behind schedule and we got it out the door and finished and and. You know, it ended up being a great film. Yeah. I mean, you Do you know,
2: prefer George's cut of that or the studio cut of that? I always prefer
0: our cuts. The okay, studio yeah. Yeah, can't get that shit.
1: <coughs> <coughs> we, we, we always hope that one they did day the
0: we'll same get... As, they did the same as Fury Road and that didn't have a chance. I mean, you know, I, had, I, I was really fortunate to have a hand in specific little moments of the Fury Road final mm-hmm. cut. Because mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of VO at the end of the film. Really, Oh, really? oh yeah, it was horrible. and. Just, the studio. That's a, that's a classic studio They wanted thing to do. They want a voiceover. Yeah. And I sat with Margie when she was showing me this final letter. I said, it's, it's horrible. I said, it's going to kill the movie. I said, the, the film explains everything without a word being said. I said, Max is there. He looks at the water. He looks at Furiosa. He's done his job. He kind of nods and he walks off. Right. said, that's it. We're done. And she goes, thank God for that. She goes, I've been trying to make this thing work because they really want it in there. I said, the biggest thing they can do to make a mistake in this movie is leave it in there. I said, yeah. just yeah. get rid of it and fight for it. Yeah. And we did the I did a, about 350,000 screams for the, George got me in the studio it. There's one scream I do as one of my characters taking off. George got me to do it so many times, I lost my voice. But yeah. he came up to me that day and said, thanks for that because it, 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 that made a big difference to the film. And there was a few other interesting moments. But I mean, it, you know, this was a hard film to make. Yeah, you know, way harder than but it, we'd spent ten years sitting on our backsides with laser pointers making happy feet, pointing at dancers and moving clouds. But yeah. to move on to a film like Fury Road, it was a huge, huge endeavor.
2: It's cool well, that you had a second to sort of sort it out, though, on Happy Feet, and as something that uh, getting your feet wet, sorting out how it works on a very different medium, and then coming to that sounds like that's a cool, very unique sort of way into Fury Road. It,
0: it, but it also gave us. An insight into where we could use CG smartly, because right. mm. I think otherwise we would have done it wrong. And George and I spoke at length, and with Mark, because Mark, got to remember, Mark and I have worked together very closely for many, many years. Mark Sexton. Yeah. I mean, we're we're very dear friends. Yeah, like, we we have been ever since we first met, it, and very completely different animals. Mark's a, yeah. you know, Mark's a genetic scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he talked away really, on, on the I think episode. Like a a about that. We thought from he was, or something. yeah, we thought yeah. he was joking at first. then, yeah. Yeah. and then yeah. he said no. Yeah. Mark's yeah. one of the smartest guys we've ever met. Yeah, for some ungodly reason, this thuggy bloke myself and Mark just seem to get on as mates. We always have, we just we still catch up all the time. That's a 3 yeah. amigo. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for the guy and he's a, an incredible talent. Yeah. And the quality of his artwork and his, his, his storyboards and drawings are, are astounding. And on Happy Feet I couldn't have done the directing job anywhere near as well as it was done without Mark. Because his production design work on the first Happy Feet film was astounding. Yeah, yeah. And we worked hand in hand. Because he put so much time into the mapping of the characters and the penguins and everything and the designs. and I mean, you know, yeah. he, 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 des- he deserved every ounce of credit. He, sure. he should have got mm-hmm. more probably. It sounds like yeah.
2: three obsessives coming together, which is like that's the kind of things that make it happen, I feel like. George has got a just- core of
0: people around him that have always been very, he's been very, I say fortunate, I really mean that, because... Yeah, the guys like the Colin Gibsons, mm-hmm. and Colin's. I, what I love about Colin is he tells you what he thinks. Yeah, yeah. no bullshit, no oh, you know, no blowing smoke up your backside. He just yeah. goes, no, it's bullshit, it's wrong, don't do it.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. he tells you why,
0: and he validates yeah. it, and I love that about him. And PJ's the same, our AD, and mm-hmm. you, you know where you stand. I'm the same, and 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 Mark's the same, you know. Yeah. I'll tell you some of the stuff Mark said in the past. But it's, you
2: know, <laughs> he's listens to the podcast. You can tell him. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll, he'll be. An Happy Feet Two was an interesting one. He got, he up, be he got up to the, to the meeting yeah. and Happy
0: Feet Two. He said, "I think this story is just complete trite." Yeah, and, and he yeah. got told off for it. You know, yeah. But but I like that. You got to. You got to. For for a director to truly be great, they've got to trust their people, and they've got to yeah. allow them to to make you validate what you're coming up with as an idea, because otherwise, if you if you just surround yourself with yes men. Yeah. You know, you just you run the risk of well, that, you have to out. surround
2: yourself with strong people. That's the thing that I've learned over time yeah. is that you need someone who can give and take criticism, which means they have to be confident in their own ideas yeah. and confident that they can be wrong and it's still okay. Yeah. And if you don't have that sort of strength of character on your team, it can fall apart real fast. Because yeah. one person has a breakdown, then the whole team yeah. is and, kind of f- fucked up.
0: You know, yeah. and I mean the and same. All these got to remember. All these films for me were first. Like I mean, I'd never done a feature yeah. film. Next thing I'm <laughs> directing second unit, all the digital crowds, and, yeah. and, and I had to learn everything. And I, I yeah. promised George I wouldn't let him down. And I went to the first meeting, the digital directors talking to me about BMOs and Bobjects and VAC files. And I rang my wife and said, I don't know what the frickin' hell I just signed up. I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I'm meant to be helping design the pipeline. Yeah. And they made a fool of me. Animal, Animal, the guys that were running the film, got me up in front of the, the whole team, which is like all the workers one day to, yeah. to run through the pipeline. And I not just start on the film. And I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. And I felt like an idiot, and I went, that's it, never do that, I'll never do that again. I went out and I studied everything about this. I learned how to use Giant Review Tool, I learned how to use Maya XSI, and I learned it as well as the artist did. I learned how to motion capture, I learned how to use every single aspect of everything. And I went and worked, sat with another couple of guys and we remapped a whole lot of stuff to make the pipeline George friendly. Great. So he could take the characters when he needed to update them up and, yeah, and right. make it right. and Because it had to work for him. Yeah. You know, the one thing when you sub your company in is that they're looking at it, they're, they're trying to stay afloat, you know, the yeah, director's right. job is to try and bankrupt them, you right. know, it's right. It. Right. Yeah. the perfect right. film. Yeah. 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 And so we're trying to make the film George friendly so he can have the option of upgrading and doing things when he needs to do mm-hmm. it. And it's always been my ways. I never, I've never said no to him. Right, mm-hmm. with that stuff, you know. I, I just go, we'll make it happen. Yeah, you know, and, and I
1: think that wouldn't have come about had you not had to learn all that stuff yourself and come up with a way that was different, probably, than the established way. Yeah, yeah. of you know, for, as far as for the pipeline or workflow. Work and all flow. the guys
0: are the same. Though. I must say, all the guys that work with like Colin Gibson a great one for that. You know, he says, you know, a lot of people on films get if the cherry picker doesn't turn up, they don't know what to do. He goes, well, okay, well, we hang out of a tree and we do this. Yeah, right. He's always got the solution, and you know, you got to surround yourself with fingers like that, and it yeah. makes a huge difference. And yeah. You know, so that's we were fortunate with the, the, the happy feet to get that knowledge. And George and I were speaking about it back then, because I wrote Babe Three mm-hmm. with Katie Hoy and with, uh, with Mark as well. We actually wrote a version of Babe Three, wow. which is a really solid film. But yeah. you know.
1: well, I still want to see George's cut of Babe Two because I yeah, hear it's the, glorious. It was cut the bits, yeah. yeah. It,
0: it, was, it, was, it was a hell of a lot better. Yeah. And but we wrote Babe Three, and it was, you know, it was an interesting experiment. But it, it just it. it I don't know what I was trying to say now, I think I've lost my train of thought on Babe 3, but but it's... You know, it, it, it was an interesting experiment in regards to writing. It was an interesting experiment in regards to people working together. Like it, that was hard. Yeah. I must say, some artists don't work well together. <laughs> sure. But well, that's a specific question. I mean, dig in By the way, way the listeners, listeners, please. We begin are eating. Uh,
2: in a restaurant and we're having <laughs> food and
0: drinking. And, <laughs> and, and I've had two know. hours sleep in about thirty right, hours. Right. Yeah. To, uh, 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 Greg was
2: in. gracious
1: enough to, to see us, even though he literally just flew in this morning uh, from Australia. We're the
2: Gateway Sheridan in downtown. Or. Where are we? You're we're in, in Del Del Rey? We're, we're in uh, near Marina Del Rey it? near
0: LAX. Yeah. are so yeah. Jacob from yeah. No Stigmas yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Stuntman slash actor slash mental health advocate. We yeah, had a lot of going on here. Everything. We, yeah. We, I mean, and
1: I know we could talk to him all day, but uh, we want to, you know, give him time to his luncheon and get on to, to all the, you know, yeah. other stuff that he has to do. Play yeah. we'll a body
2: between. Um, no, no, right, right. please do. I have a couple yeah. questions, just just as like means of introduction of this sort of topic. And uh, you and I have talked a lot about um, over the last thirty-eight weeks or whatever. Um, can
0: you imagine
1: first of all can you imagine doing a podcast for th- 38 episodes we're not done yet and
0: it's all on the same film. Try doing a film for 17 years. There yeah, you go. I think if, you can if anyone can if anyone can understand yeah. it it's you. Kind of imagine. Uh,
2: and it's the same movie. One of the things we've noticed though is that is that uh, unlike um, a lot of films this one seems very every action and shot and sound design seems character motivated. It's all in sort of um, third person it. limited sort of POV a lot of the movie. Um, and I was really curious about what kind of direction, what kind of thought process you went through in terms of motivating fight sequences through character, because a lot of films try to do that, and a lot of films Easy. fail at that. And in this one, everyone has their own sort of agenda. There's storytelling happening through fight scenes in a way okay. that we haven't most seen Most
0: directors know no sweet FA about combat and action. Right. Uh, most fight coordinators know sweet FA about story. That's the problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, my,
0: my martial arts and fight experience is vast in my many, many years. But my writing experience is vast too, because I spent 17 years writing with George and making films with George. So I understand, A, how he thinks, to the best of my ability, and how the story needs to work. Right. It had to be character motivated. So I spent, with every actor that was involved in anything, they came in and we spent days just talking. That's fantastic. I mean, when when Charlize first came on the film, they said, oh, you're in a lot of trouble, she's not going to do any of the action. I'd been fortunate enough to know Charlize before. And so I said to the guys, let's just run the fight scene through at walking pace. And I've done my invert what what I wanted the fight scene to be, what I imagined the characters would be, but it's always open because you can't just go. This is it needs to be hand over to the actors. Mm-hmm. It becomes their fight, and so you know Charlize had hurt a neck on Aeon Flux. I think mean, she did, yeah, it fractured right. her neck on that. So there's certain things she couldn't do, and anyway, so we walked the fight through at walking pace for her, and she just goes, "Cool, where do we start?" I go mean, straight wow. up into it, wow. and. But the same deal. We sat and we spoke. She goes, you know, I don't think my character, I feel like my character would do this. And so we just sat and talked about character. I did that with her. Then I did it separately with Tom. Right? And Tom and I get on real well. He's a larrikin just like me. So we, you know, half the time when George is explaining stuff to us on the set and pointing, Tom and I are elbowing each other in the stomach and kicking each other. And George yeah. looks around and goes, "What's, nothing, what? No, I don't know. Nothing George. Please, 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 please. <laughs> the cut-ups Yeah, class. so we we're, were always heckling each other, which was good. And, you know, it just... It made, for a great, it made for a great fight in every, in every aspect, because every character in the fight came from character. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it, it, I
2: have to tell you, man, it plays. And, I, I, and I, it's hard a lot of times for artists to think that all these hours and hours and days and days you spend on relative minutiae that maybe you think half the audience won't catch or a lot of the audience won't catch. It absolutely plays in this film in a way that it, I don't know if everyone's even aware of. And we're yeah, still parsing And, and, and unlike any other film that I've seen, which is why i Have you seen the video? Yeah.
0: As well, I put a video on YouTube. I was driving to the set in Namibia on day three of the shoot, I videoed myself talking about the fight.
1: Driving no, to the set, we will, we will link that. to it.
0: And it just says, it says, I just think if this film is done, <laughs> the way it's working, the way it's coming together, if the cut works the way I envision it, it's going to become a film that might be part of, of cinema history. That's what I envision. I, I would 100% agree. That's what I wanted for yeah. Yeah. because it's, you know, George put a lot of faith in me. This is my first film of very choreographed in the action. I'd never done I've never done wow. a fight film in my life. Will you and George goes, do it. and I, well, I walked away from the film. The, you know, the, the, Myself and one of the other members of the, of the film were never going to get on, way yeah. before the movie. And I walked off the film a long time before it started. I said, George, you should hire someone else because this relationship with me and this person isn't going to work. Yeah. And so they did. But then I tried to help the other fellow that came in because it, it wasn't saw the fight stuff and I said this isn't kind of Mad Max punching a pregnant girl in the stomach it's kind of you know, and yeah, said, oh, it's that's apocalyptic, cool. I said yeah I know but the audience isn't you know, every right. woman in the audience is going to want great, Mad Max dead in the next scene so you can't uh, yeah. do that And but I tried to help best I could remotely because it was you know, a pretty toxic relationship and then George came and saw that I said I said to them don't show George this, whatever you do and they did show him that and the next thing George <laughs> called me and said, you're doing the fight I don't get what it, what it takes, you're doing it you're, I want you doing it. That's it. Wow. No matter what, work it out. Deal with it. Great. Well, we talk. So, o- promising my word.
1: Yeah, we talk over and over about how this film, how the details in this film and the attention, you know, the entire team paid to details, uh, is rewarded by, by you know, the people paying attention. You know, multiple viewings for sure. The first thing I wanted to do when I when I first saw the film was go back and, and watch it again. There's so many details that fill out the world
0: without dialogue, um, that. I think it, I think it really shows. And see, I've never liked dialogue in films. Mm-hmm. All my short films have virtually nothing said. Yeah. And I never made three short films. And I think George really liked. One of the first ones I ever made was called Nemesis. And it was a really cold film about this child murderer. But not a word gets said, and you don't see anything happen. But you know exactly what's happened, and yeah. you feel for every single part of it. And yeah. you know, I remember showing that to him, and it, it was because he had always said to me that you should be able to tell a, a, a film story silently. Yeah, because all all most of the cutting that George has always done in his, in his history has been without sound. Yeah. He, he turns it off yeah. because it's got to be that rhythmic yeah. pattern. It's got to be like an orchestration to it that works. One of
2: our first guests in the film made that point. Yeah. He said it's like we we it's like if if when the talkies came about that if two different sort of paths of cinema happened, mm-hmm. and this one came out of the silent film tradition, and we haven't seen what that path was, it just arrived fully formed out of the silent film tradition, and this whole other pathway of films we've been following has been a separate thing entirely. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a great point. Yeah,
0: It's true, George has always said that and I, I agree with him and he's always said to me have form not formula. The trouble you get in a lot of films now, especially those whodunit films or the bad guy films, right. you know for 15 minutes you know the hero and the villain are going to meet and you go that's that, that's that, you pick it apart. You know, That's where yeah. Seven changed it, where the, the killer gave himself up before Act Three started and yeah. you go know, well now what happens, uh-huh. well he's pre-planned it. People that change it and make it different, yeah. it throws the audience off and that's what you want. You don't want a film that everybody expects. This yeah. happening yeah. all the time. now. Well, we're okay. very
1: excited to see the, the the black and chrome cut and hope that, as we understand it, that a lot of the dialogue has even been cut from that, if not all of the dialogue. I'd
0: love to see it as a silent film. Did you
2: fight for a lot of dialogue to be cut from the final?
0: Was that a constant battle? We all, No, but we were rewriting. I mean, we never had a day off on this movie. Right. We didn't <laughs> get one day off. I mean, there's so much for production saying it's going to be a five, six, seven, five and six day rotation alternating. Right. That was complete crap. We were seven days straight all the time. Oh, between me and Colin and Guy Norris and Nico Thuris and, and, and George, whenever we weren't doing all that stuff, we were at George's yeah. house rewriting the screenplays. Right. And we did it till the end. We'd be around there, even with the actors, we'd get to like Richard Carter, who's my cohort as a bullet farmer. Mm-hmm. We were around at George's on a Sunday reworking the bullet farm dialogue. We were re- I cut half my dialogue from my character, I had about 20 lines. And I went, no, I wouldn't say that, that's BS, I wouldn't do that, we would just be doing this. And, and Richard changed all his stuff too and we kept, and George is a big believer in rewriting till it's done. Yeah, yeah, Because you can always make advancements and you're always learning new stuff. It's like when you board out a film properly, it's one thing I get the luxury with Mark, is he, he boards out a film beautifully and then you realise you going, we can do that in one shot. We yeah. don't need three shots for that. We can right. sh- conflate that into this and yeah. it gives you those other options and if you're always on, on the go doing that, not just shooting off straight boards, it, it's it's harder but it's more rewarding. The end product's much better. Right. Was
2: it a situation where you shot multiple multiple versions on set and found it in the edit, or was do, do, when you shot it you knew pretty much? Okay, we've got oh, it and now. And here's Let's one do. for you
0: that most people do. all my fights could have been shot in a single.
1: Really? Wow. So every you, one of my fights. That's no, how you choreographed it.
0: Yeah. Even the polecat fight. We used wow. to. I've got footage, probably even on here still. On the, we, I mud map it on the ground. I get a big stick and I d- draw the truck in the dirt. Yeah. And when you had to avoid all the scorpions, then on the ground it was interesting. Right. But. You could do. Every, you could run every fight in a single. So if you wanted to shoot that in a single shot, and I wanted you, to, everyone to see the action. So when George yeah. pulled the camera back, so you can watch it happen. Yeah, exactly. I get so sick of films like when, you know, when Leo and then they did what Gangs New York and they've got a fight and so you know, all you see is a blurred T-shirt because no one can do anything. Right. Yeah. And so you want to be like the Hong Kong cinema and you want to pull yeah. it back and see the movement and watch it happen and let the the story unfold. And that's what we wanted to do. And so the polecat fight though was a really hard one for Margie to cut it. It was. A, a scene we could have shot in a single shot from wide out and you could have run the whole scene. Wow.
2: Good one. Is it true about uh, Cirque du Soleil that you, you guys went to them and said, hey, can you help well, we us sort this problem? Well, Stevie Bland,
0: who's an ex-Aussie street performer. Steve Bland, who's in Australia, who was he's one of the top trainers of Cirque du Soleil. He came out and trained our guys.
2: Right. And he helped crack the movement of that? Or was that something you guys had cracked already? No, it was in
0: development all the time. Okay. I mean, it started off with this fiberglass idea, which was it's never going to work. And right, then, which <laughs> apparently yeah, didn't they, work. Yeah. they were snapping and all kinds of stuff. And then, but no, it was a good work between the stunt teams and everybody else got together and they got the rubberized poles right. at the Guys were using. We managed to get something that was stronger, and yeah, and the counterbalances were. I think they might have been more Collins' idea than anybody's. But that gimbal, they were gimbals, they were they were engines, and they were guys yeah, powering the, the engine off them. I mean, that was legit. So we had the metronome time the things up. And I've, I've got footage on here, I think, from Broken Hill, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, well, feel free to, for
1: the listeners, he's, he's got a laptop full of uh, things that we'd love to steal uh, <laughs> right by the time this, uh, <laughs> he this is He bought a over, laptop
2: but, full of magic, you guys. Full, full and of, yeah, he's, yeah, Before we, we start rolling, he showed us some clips that uh, we won't tell you about, but just know that they were incredible. And yeah,
0: yeah. So sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, let me see if I can find ourselves.
1: Yeah. The, uh, I also want to, because you talk about how Sometimes the best things you don't see or you know, don't require dialogue. There is specifically an action scene um, with, with the Bullet Farmer the, where, where he goes back for the Bullet Farmer. Yes. that is conspicuously, you don't see what happens. Well I told Tom that, I, said, I yeah. said the
0: reason they did it off screen is because they all knew that Tom actually couldn't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, uh-huh. yeah, I injured sure. Tom so many times in training you. He <laughs> was like, me come here, come here, where can I have a go at you now, come here, come here. And because when he first came on the film he'd just done Bronson. So he was feeling wow. Every time he was talking through a scene he goes, oh, I will go go, I'll mallet him, I'm going mallet him, and i mallet him. You're not malleting anybody, that was two films back. <laughs> <laughs> girls, yeah. <laughs> I used to write with Joel Edgerton too, Joel uh-huh. and have and I used to all yeah. Bite together. And so, yeah, great. So when they were in the film, Warrior, he was, yeah. Yeah. Tom had a rough time on the Warrior film, but yeah. you know, But he came with this whole pommy, oh, I'll mallet him do this, and then he finally got into it. But he always try stuff on you. you be on the, he would past try it's and do a leg take, and I remember I grabbed him by the jaw one day, and I dragged him along the floor by the jaw. <laughs> Goes oh, I guess what to do? For, I guess I was just trying to test out what you had in the Arsenal. <laughs> I said, well, that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another time he I twisted and hurt his knee, and I said, oh, we've got to stop doing this. Yeah, they're breaking that. Right, so. you, you're far too expensive. <laughs> He's a crack. You, you can't handle the, the like, insurance like. on this. He's yeah. so much fun. That's great. I mean, great. seriously, we had the best time, and we stayed in touch ever since. That's it's just that's a really crazy. good guy. <sighs> and uh, I love. Why I are you looking up? that up? And
2: just sort of bank this question for later if you pull up what you're looking for. But I'm curious about, especially the fights and stuff. Things that don't work as well as planned and have to sort of be restructured. If there's any like specific issues that you had a very clear plan about what you wanted to work on set, you got that showed up, it's not working the way you wanted to, you had to Yeah, sort well, the doof
0: fight was a bitch of a thing. Which one? The doof 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 fight. The, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. with right. the with Kimer and stuff. I mean because if you if I go back to actually <laughs> might have been on the broken hilling, we we didn't have a vehicle. All the stunt rehearsals we didn't have a vehicle. And half the time in Namibia we didn't have the vehicle because it was either pulled down or was out doing something else or... huh. and so the and when we practiced in Broken Hell, I mean I see what this is. It's we didn't have the Duff the Doof Wagon wasn't built.
1: Wow. And, and so and, yeah, and that and that fight is him in the elastic with the suspended in the elastic fans and the
0: Yeah, and so but we, we always had that in, in our headspace, but uh, one here it is, this, this so we didn't we didn't have a wagon. So we had, I hired a Ute from Thrifty,
2: <laughs> and he's showing us. We the had a cherry
0: picker, and, but it was a difference. We had a much nicer setup. So I had a, a double swivel Hong Kong harness, mm-hmm. which could rotate the guy. And Chris Patton mm-hmm. our, was doubling the, just there for our trial. But Chris is an amazing performer. We were spinning. We make, I wanted to make Comer the centerpiece of the fight, yeah. yeah, and not be part of the fight. I never wanted Max to hurt him. I always wanted him to be the centerpiece of, of the, of the action sequence, but never be in the fight. Yeah, yeah. And I thought for Comer, it's the ultimate orgasm. It's just like ah, oh, yeah, It yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he, he never stops. Yeah, no, And it's yeah. finally the guy that's always playing the war chance is in the fight. That's Like yeah. for him, that it feels like, like oh, the moment. I'm doing it. Yeah. And then when we got the rig belt, because they got to remember the back of the, this huge, because we were ju- we caved the roof. We were jumping off the roof. Of the of the of the ute, that was our that was our top platform, Jeez. onto the tabletop back, and the ground was our bottom next level, because we had the guys coming out, so we had guys sitting on the ground coming out with their yeah. weapons, but this whole thing didn't work when we got to Africa, it was when we saw the, you know, the doof wagon was 7.5 metres high, right. the stage which used to be the size of a tabletop ute tray was now not that big. Right. It, it was now 900 by 900. Then... They built the car body on the outside of it, so it went down to 700 by 900. And you try and run a fight scene with four guys on a thing the size, of literally the size of this table here. You couldn't do it. So we had to work out a way of puppeteering Comey to get him out of the way. For the fight, so when Max jumps down and grabs on the bungee and dives backwards and sh- shoots him out, we had to puppeteer that bit to get him way out of shot. So we, whoa! Right. So Max had utilise the guitar for a couple of big hits. Yeah. Which we reverted to some of Mark's stuff for that because we couldn't do all the swivelly cool stuff we wanted to do, and so we went back to the original bang 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 big guitar hits. Yeah. And you know, and then he came back in and got on to Max. We got the master off and the jump off, and so he gets the guitar back. So we wanted always wanted the, the guitar hand back. Yeah. And then the, that was a hard fight because it was, and we never got time to rehearse it because it was, the vehicle was always somewhere else. Right. We had two of them, One, it was either pulled down... Because
1: just, this was considered second unit and that was being used on first unit on...
0: Well, we had two of them, but they were always doing something else with it. It was okay. getting pulled down, there was something being done right. to it, or the speakers weren't strong enough, we were afraid it was going to snap, or the bungees. Right. When we first got the bungees, they'd done them, and they weren't, you know, because the guys from the rigging team Everything's got to be tested. Sure. Right. So they made these bunnies out of elastic. which looked fantastic. They looked like human skin, which was, the look, that they were snapping, so we couldn't hang <laughs> <off> <laughs> right. it and the funny was that, Right, funny <laughs> when, when we, we slammed the, the brakes on Benny, who d- doubled coma whenever we slammed the brakes on, he'd go, <laughs> smack into the speaker boxes. So <laughs> every <laughs> this time. Is like, this is the worst time. doubling job I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, so, but that, that was one of the fights that was awkward. The Polk fight was always going to be awkward, but it, sure. was, it always had a lot, and that's a big fight. If you think of the actual set piece, when Max... Goes along the back of that and then that mm-hmm. does off the side and then gets up onto the fuel truck and then goes through that and the fight with the, the right. people there and then gets out of that, gets picked off by the but single polecat, okay, back onto right. there, then he's on the doof and then he's fighting the way over the, We took a couple of little moments out of that one and then gets off that and then gets back on and then gets, you know, it's, it's, that's a, like a 15 minute fight scene. Yeah, yeah. which
1: huge. must have taken like three years to film. I mean, was, like, I can't even imagine <clears throat> with literally all the moving pieces, moving vehicles in between. Was,
0: mm. It was, I didn't get a lot of sleep, like, in all honesty, sure. for yeah. that period. I was really scared someone was going to die. Yeah, and because if you've got all these, and I can sh- I'll show you footage silently for Broken Hell because you'll see we were, we were up there and it was, it was wet season, as well. Like we, it was it was beautiful. All the all the sturt desert peaks are out. And if you're ever going to see a see a location to you know to do something, that was beautiful, but it wasn't it wasn't good for us. Right, because it was clay, and we were, the vehicles were, we nearly wiped out the vehicles a few times because of that. And it was very scary doing the polecat. Uh, but as as
1: I understand it, there were no serious injuries in the course of. Uh
0: we, we had injuries. Injury. Well, there will always yeah. be injuries, but yeah, we. I mean, there, you know,
1: there were no critical. I mean, no,
0: we were very. And I think some a couple of times we were fortunate.
1: Yeah, you know, right. we really but were. But it also but speaks. It also speaks to the to the skill of the, of the stunt team, which oh, is look, something it, that we.
0: Our, our our stunt team was very good, and yeah. the, the the guys were really. This is the original original playoffs of the fights and this training. But you know, the the stunt performance was were exceptional. Even the South Africans were great. The Kiwis were great. It was a great collaboration of countries. Yeah. yeah. It really was because. It was all clay, so we nearly wiped those vehicles out a few times in early training days. That's nice. great. And, uh, but just very, we had very good testing, very good, we broke the front mm-hmm. axle sealer. There you go. Oh, cool. Yep. yep. And it's, it's a monster Dan. truck breaking down
2: here, guys. <laughs>
0: but really, really talented people, and they searched for the best and they found the best. and they really. They were worth it, you know. Were there
2: any ideas you couldn't manifest that were in your head that you were like, let's do this thing, and then you just couldn't get it to work for the film and had to supplement with something else?
0: Yeah, there was some there were some stuff. The Duff Fight was the main one where you yeah, really yeah. couldn't make stuff work because the, the speaker boxes were higher, there was no the wires were hanging down, the, the horns were too fast, oh, so you is, couldn't yeah. get people across there, and there was just a lot of stuff we couldn't do because we had all these great ideas to start with, which you couldn't you couldn't utilize. But there's always stuff you've got to change on the file. The, the, this is what George does to me on a regular basis with the post-storm fight. He yeah. came up to me on the day of shooting. Cameras are there, actors are there. He goes, did I tell you about the dream I had last night?
2: <laughs> just, you're like, please don't tell me.
0: <laughs> that was that. my exact thought when he said, because yeah, sure. I've been there before. I said, no, you haven't, but I think you're going to. And he said, and no, you got to remember, we've re- we rehearsed this fight for months and months and months. Now, hmm. Max used to have a hand. You usually used to get one hand out of the manacle. So every time they pulled back on the chain, his other arm would go back. So yeah. he and Charlize or Furious would both have a single arm. Wow. He came up to me in the morning and the shoot and goes, so what, what if Max has both hands free so he can just choke the bitch? <laughs> and uh-huh, so. That was his dream. He yeah. goes, but, but just, George
2: Miller's dreams are, Yeah, you know. but he goes, well, <laughs>
0: can you, can, would it change the fight? I said, yeah, every moment. Every, he goes, right, um, okay. Can you make that happen? <laughs> Jesus. Charlize looked at me and she goes, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> And I just, and seriously, I wanted to just shrivel up this little piece of dirt and fly off the landscape, but I just thought, oh, yeah, you know what, imagine. let's just, let's get on the ground and do it. That's what we did. That first uh, no. Max,
2: listeners, that first Max the scene, he said the, the main note he was given by George was to make it a love scene, you. yes. uh, which you've seen and heard us talk about it. That's, that's really, really plays really, really strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, the gender neutrality of this film, we've touched on a bunch in terms of like how male and female counterparts work, and it's, it really comes across that there's these two equals sort of fighting. Yep. and it it. it it's got caught in this weird sort of gender flare up, I think,
0: um, yeah. which
2: is, which would, is yeah. what it is, uh, right. for better or worse. But I think that, that just we try to cover just from a storytelling perspective. From a storytelling perspective, they have to be equals for the story to work. So I think that's the thing, and, and I, I... Well, I, I,
0: and that was the moment, they, when they first met, hmm. you had to know a couple of things. One, that Furiosa, was, she wanted him dead. Yep. And yep. that had to be very evident by her trying yep. to shoot him with a shotgun mm-hmm. yep. and then trying to shoot him again with a handgun because right. it's actually Max that flicks the mag out, not her. Right, because he goes right, for one right. shot's better than better than a whole mag full. So let's right. flick that out, and you know he, he takes the brunt because then it's empty. Yeah, uh, she doesn't hold back in that fight. And I oh. yeah, now my little boy actually is the main little war puppet in the film. He's the hair collector really? Under the bed. That's your kid? Yeah, yeah, and he's also the altar boy, and he's yeah Mason. He pops wow. up there through the film. That's great. And so we um, talked
2: about that beat a lot. The hair collecting is one of his yeah. favorite moments. Well, that was Max with
0: his little. That's him. He was, he's been on this this film since he was born. So he, that's him in broken Hill when he was born. Well, about and, one and, and the and hair half.
1: collecting, you know, we get in beyond Thunderdog yeah. too. And you know, because George likes to bring back imagery from yeah. from previous films right. over and over and over again. And no one so the yeah. hairs
0: are valuable. Come on, just because no one's got it, so yeah. Yeah. it doesn't have to be worth anything. But it's this. It's like you've rare. Got, you've got this. This yeah. is right. cool. And, and you talk about the
1: Max Fierosa fight, that first one, also about. Um, using things that are already there.
0: Yeah, had to, the elements had to be. It had yeah. to be done in such a way that it didn't feel shoehorned together. Yeah, because it had to be. Max had the bluff of the shotgun. The audience is there with him. They know that. Sure. They know yeah. it didn't work. You know, and you know, but he and he scopes it out pretty quickly. Knows is a danger, so doesn't yeah. let her walk towards him with the bolt cutters. Right. He must I'll chuck in the tackle that happens to Max. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Dana, my wonderful, wonderful stunt friend Dana. Uh, she, there's no wires. She slammed Tom and winded him, knocked wow. him rotten. That's a real shot. Yeah, she 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 picked him up she and ran and really drove him. really rocks him it. Wow. so hard. Yeah, no, Dana's a tough chick. <laughs> she she had a, a, a fall off the off the wall the uh, sorry the gigahorse one day. We we're doing a fight rehearsal. Just we weren't meant to do it. or they just people needed to see something. And she slipped off that and fell back and down uh, and, and like, it was four and a half meters. She oh, got just right. Jeez, I fucked that up. Let's do it again. So tough. Yeah, she's tough as nails. But a good, really good person. Yeah. and But just committed to making it good, yeah. making it right.
1: Yeah, you know? the, the, the bolt cutters, are, we, th- we think, should almost have <laughs> their own list in the cast list, because the bolt cutters <laughs> come back come, so everywhere. many yeah. times. We love and we
0: love that. Every time they come back, we, we yeah. point it out, because it's, you know. It, I devise, divide, divide, and I must say, well, I, when I first got with the guys, I sat down and went, right, what are our weapons? We've got a hose, we've got bolt yeah. cutters, we've yeah. got a car door. Yeah. And I devised with the stunt team, we devised a, a fight system for every, because I had different neck breaks, leg yeah. takedowns, knee breaks, yeah, yeah. everything you'd use with a set of ball cutters to see what, yeah. what you could just see, but you could just experiment to see what's so possible. Fun. And you know, it was, it just made it interesting. And the guys were cool, we just tried everything, you know, and yeah. we, to see what where options were. You know what it is, this is a
2: constant Hollywood problem is that you, you wrestle between believable fight scenes, which generally aren't that interesting to watch. No, that's right. um, they're fast and they're not that that fun to watch and extravagant sort of unrealistic. But they're unrealistic fast effects. they got no
0: rhythm. And, and mm-hmm. you te- like, what, why I tend to find, like even the, the UFC's real big, I don't find it as enjoyable as it as watches boxing. Yeah. It doesn't have the same flow and rhythm and and, and it's it can get stuck mm-hmm. for a long time in grapples. Yep. And though that's fantastic fight skill. It's not exciting to watch when two people are hanging in a grapple. Right. Totally. where you don't get that in boxing. So that's where the the flow of fighting has to work and you know, so when you when you tr- try and get the elements of a fight together, you've got to work out what the wants are first. What, what's Is it going to be thwarted or are they going to get there? So what's Furiosa going to do? What's what's Max's want? He wants to get out of there. So every chance he gets, he's trying to get the ball cutters and cut the chains right, right right yeah, yeah. He wants to get out of there. It's, yeah. She wants him dead. The girls want to help. Because in the original fight in the boards, and I'll throw Mark under the bus for this one, <laughs> the girls used to jump on Max and be at all. And yeah. I went, no, no, you ever been in a fight? Yeah. If you haven't been in a fight, you just go... Not me. I don't yeah, to, yeah. And, and you, you don't want to know about it. And so I said, the girls aren't going to do shit. And when they see the Furios max thing, how volatile that is, they're not getting into that. Yeah, and yeah, They'll sense. go grab the guy that wakes up and help get him out of it. And so uh-huh. that's, right. that's where the, the, and Nux is all, these chicks on me, what do I do? Yeah. And and just the interesting moments with that because the girls are just grabbing him. And I didn't train the girls like I trained these guys, with these guys. Smart. So mm-hmm. when, I, when I dealt with Tom and Charlize, we worked our, our backsides out of this fight to make it clinical. Mm-hmm. But when it came to the girls, they said, right, Zoe, grab him there, Riley, grab him there, you grab him there, you grab him there. And they said, and how do we, t-? I said, I don't give a shit, just pull him to the That's ground. Great. So I didn't yeah. want it to feel like they're doing a dance because yeah, they're yeah. not fighters. Where we're Charlize is a, a trained dancer, and, and mm-hmm. we had to take the dance out of her. She was a bit too dancy. so yeah. we said, it has got to be a bit more mongrel in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tom's a bit of a, bit of a lad, so he's yeah, good he's to go. <laughs> he a is lad. a bit of a lad, yeah. No. <laughs> so, so he was pretty good to go. But. You know, we had interesting times on the shooting range because, you know, I train. As I said, I train all my actors with live ammunition, which took a lot to convince the studio to do that and to release Charlize into my care because they wouldn't. I sure. can't
2: imagine that was an I easy said, conversation. Well, I said I want
0: no safety officers. I said I'll be in charge of every single component of that range, and mm-hmm. I said I don't want anyone from the film there because it's going to stifle what I need to do with her because she, mm-hmm. she had a lot of mental stuff to get through yeah, to right. become that character. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a. And, you know, I know I told you guys before, but it's a huge life journey for her. You know, because there, there was that. You know, mum got got off in self defence, but you know, the father obviously wasn't too nice and the mum shot him dead in front of Charlize when she was a kid and so she had an inherent fear of firearms I and so think she, she did yeah you know to take that and for her to come up and say make me furiosa mm-hmm. she got a hundred bloody push-ups a day from me because every time we're on the on the range or on the set I gave her a rubber glock to, to practice drawing with just to mm-hmm. get a feel and all the mags everything to work but if she ever said something wrong we did something wrong it was 20 push-ups minimum every time Great. and so she where sergeant did yeah her. and it yeah. was but we were on the range she'd go, gee where's the clip, say, clip I said clip motherfucker <laughs> right. get on the ground yeah, she'd give me 20 and she's going you're an F and C and, yeah. and, yeah. and the she did them every time and she was really cool with it but and she
2: trusted you to, to, to do that yeah, yeah but cool. it took
0: and what I did though the, the way I worked around with her is I got some of my stunt mates Stevie D and Jarden a few of the lads I know really well who I've shot with mm. uh, I got them on the, and got them on the shooting range with me and we a makeshift shooting range in the back of Namibia, which you know pointed towards town of all things. And <laughs> of, course she did. of course, she did We were trying to it's lower perfect. the population. <laughs> <laughs> but we, why wouldn't you? But we, we, we would get out there. And the first day we went there, I said, Right, Charlie, you and I are going to be standing here, magazine, I mean, sorry, mag on the side, gun just give us holster, 20, real
2: quick. <laughs> yeah, gun, gun
0: holster, and we're just going to do draw dry fire. That's all we're going to do. But my stunt mates here are going to be shooting life pistols, i going to mate up there shooting rifles. And every time they shoot, she yeah. she'd be going, oh. and I said, just it's not about shooting. It's about that moment of precision where the sight mm-hmm. alignment comes into play, mm-hmm. squeeze the trigger, click, mm-hmm. rack it back, holster it, mm-hmm. let's do it again. It's about that moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. And we worked on that, and I said, I'm gonna hit you, I'm gonna push you, I'm gonna slap you, she goes, whatever you need mm-hmm. to do, do it. I'm, not, I'm very physical when I teach mm-hmm. and And that's what we did, and yeah. After about six hours, I said, you're doing really well. She goes, we're still doing the same thing. I said, yeah, but you're not reacting to the gunfire anymore. Wow. Mm. I said, because if you blink at all when a gun shoots, I said, I know you're a fucking fraud.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I
0: said any actor, when I see Leonardo DiCaprio and the departed go blink, blink, blink with every shot, I go, you yeah. fucking don't know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. But when I, see, is- when I see a shooter looking past the sights at the person they're shooting at, yeah. I know they can't shoot. If yeah. you're not looking at your front sight, you haven't got a clue. Yeah. And I see that in every movie and it pisses me off. Sure. Only I see like to- people doing mag-, mag changes that yeah. are bad or poor form, or they're, not, or they're just dropping mags on the ground, like, right. they, like they've got 50 million of them, like you put it away. Or, yeah. So you got to know your attack reloads. Like I've got Tom in the post storm fight doing a reload off the leg. Yeah. You know, a single arm reload, like off the leg to. It's it's, it's, Schlitt, you know, it's it's got everything there that, yeah. that makes him look like he knows what he's doing. Mm. But we even his mag change in the, in the rock rider gunfight, you know, mm-hmm. with the yeah. bikes jumping over. Yeah. There's a mag change, he's changed his the mags there. But we drilled him yeah. so many times that he actually True. did it at that speed. Of yeah. course, well, a couple of times he did mess up and shoot the windscreen. <laughs> 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 when George goes, that's the one we'll keep that. If, no, no, he just shot the windscreen. Out out <laughs> <of> the armourer, <laughs> Ian, was on top. <laughs> and I said, Ian, he just shot the windscreen. Didn't? He goes, <laughs> he goes, no, no, it's a good one. I said, no, he shot the freaking windscreen. I said, I know he did. I said, I can tell. As he's turned, you see Tom Fugue, ooh, as he's <laughs> In fast motion, it looked good, but you saw it. Right. I saw the He, he went bang. Well, oh, that windscreen would have shot out Then And say, yeah, we looked at it closer. So yeah, he shot the windscreen. Yeah. It, yeah. it only took
1: one film that I did where I saw myself in the in the finished product blinking, firing a gun. Yeah, it looks That bad. that's when I started training. Yeah. Yeah, And you have to, and
0: it's fighting, you know, you, you're aggressive, it's, and yeah, all the SF teams that we've ever dealt with, yeah. you know, they go in there hunting, you go in there to hunt something, you, yeah. nothing's coming out there that's not meant to come out.
1: So Keanu Reeves, John Wick, you, you yeah,
0: feel the guy Taron Butler is a US shooter that we know yeah. quite well, because I shoot yeah. a lot of American shooters yeah. well, on the world circuit, we shoot on Bruce Pyatt. You know, uh, uh, Dougie Koenig and, and Taron Butler is another amazing yeah. shooter. Yeah, I think Taron worked with with Keanu with, with live yeah. ammunition. Same yeah. deal, man. Same yeah. deal, and that's why Keanu sold the shit well because yeah. he did it on a range and did it in real time. Yeah, that's what they did with Heat. Dougie Coleman, who worked with us on on some of this film, Doug's an amazing second unit director, great magician too. I told him the guys before he's a freak magician. He's absolutely <laughs> amazing, but. He's second unit heat. If you know the film heat, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, well. they took him on the range and they worked with flat setups and they used light ammunition and they shot shit down. You have got to see cause and effect when you're doing this yeah. stuff, and mm. if you don't, you're, you're selling yourself short. Mm-hmm. And so I've got, but I've got footage of Stevie Dunlevy. I'm going to put his name as Stevie D. <laughs> uh, Stevie in a shoot off with Charlie's and losing. Really? Wow. So Charlie's was shooting with a little Cotton Glock blast. and Stevie had a Glock, and they I put them up against each other to shoot off. And Stevie, who's quite a well-known stunt performer. Came second. <laughs> uh, that's Which I probably have footage of somewhere. Don't worry, we'll cut that part out. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you? So I, I'm really entranced by this idea of obsession. Like I, I, I you suspect it when you watch it, and talking to you, and talking to to Mark, and hearing stories about George. It's like these obsessive people get together and they make something that's sort of like as close to perfect as they can because they care, and the details matter to them. Was that the case with the actors that you worked with across the board? Did you find that they were sort of obsessive in the same way? Like The story about Charlize seems like
0: she's bound just trying to get it right. Yeah, Charlie's really... She's a very dedicated person. I mean, she went home, she practiced all the time with that gun, and she wanted to become furious. So.
2: Is that in her character? Is that is she an obsessive person by nature? Like, I think I think all of us tend to be. She is by nature. Be, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: you know, I, I, we developed a really interesting friendship and, you know, I've, always, I've I've never read gossip page and their bullshit. I don't know anything. Right. And I said to her at the time, I said I don't know anything about you that you don't want to tell me. And I said if you don't want to tell me, I don't need to know. Great. And that's how we had our relationship. And then we, as yeah. you know, she we went through, we, she opened up and we talked about each other's lives and that. And she was wonderful. I mean, that's great. But we we, we formed a real bond of trust. Right. And she embodied the character. At the end, she would do it again. She she she'd scream the other, it's not right yet. Do it again. She she'd, wants to get yeah, it right. Yeah, it had yeah. to be good. And she was really committed to do that. And Tom was the same. He wanted Max to be. You know, it's, you know you've got to think he's walking into a big role Yeah. yeah. you know uh, hard. I mean, we had other people that were going to cast through this film and George has probably spoken about it before that walked away they said I don't think they're going to do it they said we don't think we're going to do it right yeah. and Tommy took it on and, and, and I mean it was Army Hammer Army Hammer's a dear friend of mine mm-hmm. and we met doing the Justice League film which we then had to right. st- stand down right. but Army and I stayed mates because Army's a shooter and yeah. know, we just get on well yeah. and so when he came out for that tour, thing with Johnny Depp a little while back we caught up for lunch and chatting about things and he he was the one that said to George, hire that guy because Army casted for the ro- did a casting for the role as well.
1: Really, wow! And Army walked, out, Armie
0: walked out, out of the, out of the casting wow. and pointed at Thomas and said, just hire that guy. Really, wow. yeah. Bless I mean, his heart. That awesome. is, yeah, that's, that's, that's big. Yeah. Man. I mean, that's a big move. Yeah, but that's, it's the right casting though. It is. Oh, well, it is. Really yeah, good. without I mean, a doubt, he he was real good and because Tommy's got the same darkness in him and the same troubles in his. You know and mm-hmm. You know, it play, he plays very well through the eyes. I mean, he spends a lot of his time, you know, he's probably spoken about it before with dogs. He loves his pets mm-hmm, and dogs. Yeah. And his eyes, he, he plays very similar to the way the dogs look. You know, dogs are always very expressive in their eyes. and They'll stare at you for a long period of time. And that's what he does in his acting. And I mm-hmm. think he's spoken about it since then. And But we, we spend lots of time talking about what we should do character-wise to bring out more story because I said this is what we've come up with and Richard Norton was helping with a lot of the fight stuff too. Richard's a really lovely mate of mine and the funny thing about Richard is I used to read about him when I was a kid which he hates me saying because it makes him feel very old (laughs) but he was one of the first martial artists to say weight training was good. He used to be the bodyguard for ABBA and Linda Ronstadt and I mean he's been around and so I was very fortunate to have him on film with me because I mean nothing gets done alone. We're all a team and I expect accept and expect everyone's input. So whenever a, a stunt performer who was a fighter wasn't involved in the fight, we had them sitting on every corner, looking for dead spots. Great. Look for something that doesn't work. Look for, it. I don't even jump around like they're waiting for like an old Bruce Lee film, waiting for their chance to have a crack at him. Yeah. It's always gotta be moving. It's always gotta be living yeah. organism that, that, that has its own real life yeah. to it. And when we played the, the first version of the fight I ever did, at full speed for George, George freaked. He went, I just felt like I watched a real fight. Cause we played it hundred yeah. percent. Cause normally yeah. when you shoot it, you're going to do about 80. Yeah. Yeah. We shot it at a hundred. We, like, we we went for it. it. Yeah. And we did it in one, one. Just, just do the fight guys. Yeah. I was rehearsing yeah. it all as, as I did from the start as one fight. It's a fight, let's do it. Chain, bang, door, bang. It's it a hose around the neck. Bring yeah. in truck, yeah. you know? And, and it was all there. We had a guy playing Furiosa then, Damien, who was that Aussie guy. He was, and he was just nuts. He loved him. Yeah. And, when he went in and just did it, it was, it was, it was, there was a hundred percent and it there was demo speed. And it was just like 110, which is <laughs> yeah, so fast, yeah, yeah. And he him down. Yeah. he's getting the hose around the neck and he's hitting the guys and just all kinds of stuff. So and intense. It was awesome, but George watched it. He goes, I just felt like I watched a fight. This, is, this is what I need. Yeah. I said, it needs to be unclean. It needs to be brutal. It just mm-hmm. needs to get rid of all that fancy bullshit and just go straight down to bare bones. It's like, yeah. If you're in a fight with a guy on top of a car, you're not going to do a fucking high kick, you're going to push the bastard off. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to do anything. He's 100 metres away, who cares? Yeah. You don't need to do anything flash. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and so we did the same thing. So we did the same level of work with the costume designer, Jenny Bevan. Mm. She's an absolute genuine person. And I took her to the shooting. I said, you can't design costumes for us until you come shooting. And so I had her at the shooting range too. You get kickbacks wow. from the gun industry, don't yeah, you? That's <laughs> really what we're talking about. <laughs> but she loved it. She goes, I really like this. This, yeah. bloody this is very funny. <laughs> but she's this really nice English lady. Go, oh, yeah. I really like this, Greg. I oh, thought <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> got her an MP5, a spark. Yeah, sparked something uh, in her yeah, that uh, she'll yeah. never be able to look away from. But Megan Gale, all like, you probably don't know who Megan is, but Megan's yeah. an Aussie supermodel it's and she's awesome. There. You know, she's yeah. she's got into it. And, you know, every one of them. We made him do it. We made him get into it. said, so now you can design costumes because now you know what feels like. Now you understand. Now you get it. Because otherwise, you otherwise, you've got shit hanging off me that doesn't work. And then right. I've got a couple, get in of, the mates, way of, a couple of mates. A couple of mates like Johnny, who from the SAS, and I other mate Andy Welsh, and the guys that that are all guys that I've worked with and friends with, who are special forces guys. Always, they always—they go. You know, when you're driving a, you know, a vehicle in a, in, a, in a war situation, the driver doesn't keep any shit on his legs. Yeah. Well, fucking the, the bombs are mounted on the vehicle. They got you put a bungee on it with a string. So as you throw it, the pin comes out. You have everything chest-mounted. You don't want to have shit on your legs. You want to be able to move and groove from, from up here. This is your workspace. Yeah. And so everything had to be practical. We didn't want chains hanging off people that were going to get caught. We didn't. want It, right. just, it had to have a meaning. So every character's stuff had a meaning. That. No, it's because essentially my role, because my other roles in the film, outside of doing the fight fight work and the gunfighting work, I, I, I did some doubling for the, the People Eater, so mm. I had to wear a big fat suit quite a wow. bit. And, uh, then I, I, played, I played the brake man in the Citadel, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I'm also the bullet farmer's Praetorian, so I'm, I'm standing by Richard Carter on the tank. Because yeah. Richard was a little bit shy around guns too, mm. and so, but we worked <laughs> oh, really oh, right. I was going to say, you he, can't be for so <laughs> when, he said, when, he, when he first came as yeah. the role, George had a huge meeting, and goes, oh gee, Greggy, Greggy, give me Greggy. <laughs> um, do I really have to, to shoot the guns? I said, Fucking h you do. the said <laughs> I thought I'd have a have a double for that. And just close-ups. i just do close ups, said no, you're gonna shoot him. And I don't know there was other stuff in Richard's life earlier on, but he's a wonderful hey, he's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Got nothing time for Richard. He's a big lad too, he's a really big fella. And we sat and we t- and he's he's a he's a, a Freemason and we talked about Masons and Templars and I, I love my military history mm-hmm. and my war history and so we got to know all that stuff and he found out my little boy's name's Mason and so oh, we just yeah. we just gelled and we spent lots of time talking mm-hmm. and then I said right we're going to start you with this and then we're going to move to this and then we're going to move to this we're going to come up I'm going to re- it's going to be empty six six shots with the big with the big long you know yeah butt lines and we're mm-hmm. practicing with them then we'll go to the MP5s we'll go to the AK47s and then we'll, we'll just work through them step yeah. by step and. He was funny, he loved the MP because, oh, I like these. Yeah. <laughs> the Brother, AK-47, Brother Brother AK he, yeah, yeah. he wasn't real flashy. The AKs, he goes, no, 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 I don't like them. But, yeah, yeah the h he's a big fan of them. But we did the same thing. We talked about what his character was and what he was... It was his idea about the scales of justice, and all that was Richard's idea. That was his yeah, idea. Yeah, fuck yeah, it wow. was amazing. And because he's blind at the time, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's it's so like, it's such a beautiful oh, moment. We, we spent a lot of time talking about yeah. that on the show. It just feels right, and, he, yeah. and we're all getting psyched up by him. You know, yeah. there, was, there used to be in, in the original script there was this conflicting thing with me against him, and I'm going fuck no, I'd do anything for him. He's the guy I'm. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm behind him because right. he trusts me. And essentially, he's butler. If if you ever watch, I don't know if we've ever, we've got outtake stuff, but I'm spinning guns. I said wherever you put your hands, there'll be two guns. I said you can do this. There'll be two guns there. You put this, do this, do this. It's mm-hmm. yeah. so in the opening scene, the button line's going. Sh- 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 they're in his hands. Bang! Next two guns in his hands. So I'm, I'm essentially his bodyguard slash loading butler, gun provider. Right. Yeah. And That's I said cool. wherever you put your hands, Richard, I'll make sure there's guns there. And so we rehearsed the hell out of that. And because of the, wow. the way the rhythms of the film work, we had to cut it down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a shame because it was a beautiful sequence. Oh, it was really pretty. It was. It was a pretty. And because he couldn't see me, yeah, I'm, I'm right just behind. Just trusting right. Yeah. And he just went guns guns, <laughs> <laughs> And it's just the thing that'd be there. And, yeah. But he was...
1: Yuri, can we work on that? Yeah. Yeah, Great. we'll work on that. <laughs> we're we'll gonna work on that.
0: John Howard, who played the People leader, was the last minute change-out for Bert Newton. Bert Newton's an Australian TV oh, no sort of star who yeah. was fantastic, but Bert had a heart attack. Oof. Survived it. Yeah. But Johnny Howard came in after that to, to take over the role. And I must say, I've only ever seen John Howard in Australian TV. Mm-hmm. And he's always playing an upset, un- unhappy doctor. You know, it's always yes. the same stuff. To get to know him on set, to realise what a level of talent he had and the depth of what he could do. I mean, he brought something to the people that are even weird. Because there was some stuff in the fight that he didn't make the cut. Because we used to have... Max pulling it back into the Cowboys' nipple rings.
2: Really? Oh, wow. yeah. I, was I was wondering, wondering that. if that would have come in. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. used
0: use the foot yeah. on the accelerator. We had right. the big foot on the accelerator. Sure, yeah. that sure. That weighed like 40 kilos. It was made of solid kilos? rubber. It was, oh, good <laughs> <Lord>. So John's <laughs> trying to get in the truck when he goes, "Craig, you've got to help me in the truck." I said, "Why?" He said, "The bloody foot." I said, oh, no. "I'm expecting this little lightweight." <laughs> Damien, the prosthetic, I, he's made the full weight, and it, I was like, "Jesus Christ, this thing's heavy!" And he couldn't get his leg up into the truck. That's great. So. But those scenes were, you know, we, we bashed them out pretty fast. And John didn't get a chance to rehearse any of the fight, but he's oh. the next football player. I said, No, Tom's going to come in through, he's going to kick you a couple of times on the side. And he goes, That's all right, then kick me. <laughs> what wow. Tom did, He stabbed on his head as <laughs> <Yes>, he <laughs> jumps into the roof. And yeah. Yeah. John wore it. You got, mean,
2: you got crazy people, basically. Yeah, but he was yeah.
0: amazing. And I mean, but I, I saw a side to him I'd never seen on television, which mm-hmm. I was, I True. think, very git. Give- it was like a gift to see.
2: He was probably stoked yeah. about it too. To so be able to do something different or to feel something different. Oh, yeah. Different.
0: And yeah. <clears throat> you know, he—it just showed me what other what level of talent there was still. Yeah, you never get to see some of that stuff on telly. You know, that's unfortunately yeah. they're all going to big TV actors back home. And yeah, 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 yeah. A lot it's of the so actors good.
1: that we're not as familiar with in the <clears throat> United States are, are huge actors back in Australia. Hugh burns I mean, Hugh, yeah. who was a toe cutter in the first one. Hugh yeah. and I are good friends. He only is up the
0: road from me, wow. and he's an enigmatic character. I mean, we sat in a meeting on Justice League once, which is—I'll tell you this story. It's very fun. He, Jay Baruchel, and all these guys were all having this big meeting for Justice League, and Hugh and I similar thoughts on life and stuff and he sits in there and goes, Reggie, come here. He pulls out this flick knife and opens it up and goes, you and I know the feeling of cold fucking steel. Because we could kill every cunt in this room <laughs> and there's nothing they could do about it. <laughs> I'm watching Jay Baruchel's eyes like, and he's sinking into his seat and he's looking at me like, what's going on Because Hugh was dressed like a samurai, he's got the big pants on, the hair and a top knot. Yeah. He's got these military pouches all over him. Because that's just Hugh, he's this yeah. great character just in his is amazing. his real life story is more amazing than any other story. Yeah. He was born in India to a British military family, expected to become a, a British military officer who ran off to become a thespian. I mean it's just a, oh. he's an awesome character. Yeah. And but just just when he came up with some of that stuff, but he, he, he commands the role. The, the minute he became the Morton, he used to be on stilts. We used to have him on stilts. for really? <laughs> you, you Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> like smoking a bit too much, so it was too hard to get him balanced. But he's, he's <laughs> but he's an amazing character. That's great. You know, he, and even when he played the Martian Manhunter before we folded up Justice League. Yeah. We had Megan Gale, who's a supermodel, dressed as Wonder Woman. Yeah. You didn't notice any of them. He's got he, it. Just as soon as he was in the, in the, in the body stuff. He yeah. Was,
2: some people he do that. It was
0: just the character, and you just
2: watched him. Some people you can't look away from on yeah. screen, even yeah. in the yeah. background. Like that—that's yeah. the guy I'm watching. Yeah.
0: Like is he Morton? He's freaking amazing. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. incredible. Buy a property, you know. He's yeah, just yeah. and that's D, his yeah. voice. I mean. The funny thing about it, Hugh lives the character, and even with Nathan Jones, and Nathan's yeah. just a cracker. I love the guy. Yeah, big and guy. Yeah, but he's just—he's a professional. Yeah, he yeah. really is. People look at big guys, and I was a big guy in my day. And they think that because they used to say to my writing partner Chris, they say, "What's it like working with Greg after working with Brendan McCarthy?" Mm. And yeah. Chris goes, "Why?" They said, "Because he's big." <laughs> and he goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "All these, these, well, we can't be like Brandon. Can't be smart." So Nathan's big. Yeah. Nathan's fucking smart. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah. He's very, yeah. I'm constantly yeah, like, obviously." If we actually put a bit of water on your double body weight. And, uh, <laughs> so he's, but Nathan's a, a highly intelligent individual, yeah. and just happens to be incredibly big. Yeah. yeah. You know, genius to work with, and professional. Okay. But there's some cool stuff that I'll tell you about with with the sequence where he gets Tom by the neck. Thanks, mm-hmm. Brian. There's no harness. Really? I said to Tom, Nathan's going to pick you up by the neck and throw you into the back of the vehicle, and he's going to throw you over in body slam. And Tom was cool with it. I said, all you got to do is hang on with your hands a yeah. bit. Yeah. And, yeah. Take the weight off. And, yeah. and even when Jacob, because Jacob doubled Tom for the throw-off when, when he lands and he, he gets his hand there yeah. and, and throws him, there's no wires there either. We had it all. We were going to do it. And then Jacob goes, ah, fuck it. Let's just do it. Really? So Jacob Tamuri took, we did it I don't know how many times. He just went boom, boom, boom. God, I every imagine. time, just got slammed to the ground, and, and just took it every time. Again, and, again. Yeah, and and then Tom was there, and we, we he got thrown down so hard, so many times. We did so many takes of that that the back of the vehicle got caved in. Jesus Christ. Tom took every one of these hits, and wow. then he got knocked rotten a couple of times, because to do the big four wrestling forearm hits. Yeah. yeah. Tom got the timing wrong a couple of times, and wore a couple in the head, and was like, oh, just slid out sort of half-hour cold down the back of the vehicle. Wow. And so we had to ice up the lip, and then we said, "Right, Tommy, you're ready to go back in and Back it again, bang, hit him again, it's like, oh, Jesus. I wow. bet you
2: he loved that. No, deep he, down, he like, does, he does of like, like, he he had to worry about that. I had a question, man, I'm dying to ask you. there. So there's something that, uh, close analysis, and, like repetitive analysis, analysis of the film, has, we've kind of dug into, is that this is a world where every person in it is sort of become comfortable with death, that they're all ready to die. Um, And it it sort of wears on you in your subconscious for a while, and then we start to watch it more, it wears on your conscious a little bit. You go, oh, they're acting differently than a normal person would because they're not afraid of death in a way that we are, or viewers are, or people are accustomed to. How did that impact the the fight scenes? Because I know a lot of the War Boys do obviously suicidal moves. A lot well, of War times. Boys. Are
0: the, what we always talked about is the vehicles. Are, uh, they're the precious thing. They're going to outlast you all. Mm, wow. Everyone else was a half life. So the, right. the War Boys were the armor. Because when we were talking about the original so design, concept, they were the we're, expendables. Yeah, and when we designed the original concepts of the vehicle, George, we were always talking about why we'd have the wheels uncovered. Why we'd have this. I took it back to the feudal. The feudal days, and mm-hmm. I talk about the war boys being like Mongolian warriors, and they used to promote from inside the ranks. So when you get the Mongolians, it wasn't like some rich English guy whose dad was a whatever goes, oh, I'm going to promote my son to captain because he's he's you know he's the one. Right, right. That the Mongolians would go, no, actually no no, Jacobs the most likely guy to get his home alive tonight, so well, he's in charge. Right, you know, right. you yeah. think this bloke might get us killed, so they used to promote from inside the ranks. And so I wanted the, the war boys to feel like that. I wanted the war rig especially. The same as a feudal castle used to be designed or a citadel. They would put as much work into the fortifications as they would into the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So the warwick had to look beautiful, mm-hmm. but it had to have all the fortifications. Functionality. So, so, yeah. so yeah, and so yeah. it had the beauty, but it had some armor, and then it had the armor was the war boys. Yeah, right. I always
2: thought about it that way. That makes perfect yeah. sense. But even Furiosa and Max, to a certain extent, they they act in ways that in a in a different film it would seem they're brave or selfless, but in this film it plays as you no. Know, these are war like sort of war torn. Uh, resigned people who are just have accepted death 10 decades ago they're like they're used to it it's the life they live
0: mm-hmm. and it's it, pragmatic it's pragmatic yeah. and it
2: infuses their movements in a way that is really
0: interesting and you gotta remember the fight scenes and all that stuff can't be you don't want to be thrown high you want to conserve you're trying to conserve yeah. energy and it's almost right. like I'm going to be like I'm wounded at you so I can knife you I want to right. get you close right. so I can fuck you up. I don't right. want to. Yeah. I don't want to show you what I got. I'm going to spin three knives around. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm going to pretend I've right. got nothing. I'm going to catch it to bits before you know it, and then you're dead. And then I've got a choice of what I want to do with you. I'll like, either cut your feet off and sell them, or whatever. You know. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. the that's the objective. Is you, you don't keep your cards close. It, right?
1: Yeah. it Keeps going back to survival. <coughs> Everything is so survival was, based.
0: Mm. And you you it's it's a pragmatic world, and it's a world you you have use for someone, until you've got no more use for them. Right. So you're a friend until I don't need you, or until I can mm-hmm. sell you off, or until I can do something with you to escalate my chances of survival. And so that's mm-hmm. how the world had to. It work. just makes for a
2: really interesting storytelling perspective. And I, you know, I do some other podcasts, and they, we're constantly talking about just pure commitment to an ideal results in amazing sort of gifts. We just did the Blair Witch Project on that one, and if you, they just committed so hard to the idea that these things sprang up that you couldn't plan for, because they had just committed to the world, and those things came out of it. So much of this movie feels like let's just commit wholeheartedly to this world. Imagine. What it would be imagine what the people living in it would have sort of gone through and been through up to this point, and then let it happen, and it sort of just generates yeah, the that thing. That's, that's, your, oh, that's your kid, that's five, five there, yeah.
0: So oh, that's That's his that graduation, graduation photo. photo well, to yeah, I, was, I was gonna say, that's uh, yeah, he that's, had to shave his head, uh-huh. and, uh huh. And. The old shotgun shell in the mouth. So, yeah, 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 he showing us a uh, picture of his
2: son That's with a great. shaved head, covered in war boy paint, <laughs> he smiling with a shotgun, know, shotgun that, shell. That that had, but his if you look
0: at the, the bits, you see of mace in the film, and even the other couple of war because we had three. I got three war boys into the or war pups into the film in Africa because we weren't going to have many, so we at least got three, and that would kids that have yeah. been living there with us. Yeah. yeah, and then when we got to Sydney, they. would because I always had a reasoning for it because we never, they weren't going to have them. Mm-hmm. I kept saying we need them and it was because, not because I wanted my kid in the film, it's because if you don't show the next generation, the Warman, the Morton looks like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. These yeah. guys are going to die. guys months, yeah, what else have you got. Yeah. Where are yeah. the teenagers? Where are the young kids? Yeah. So, but what George had as an idea for these guys is they earn their bits. So he's got bandages and, a, and, heart, and one shoe. And as they get older, he's got two shoes, and he get as he gets older, they get the black eye paint. And as they get more up right. the ranks, so everywhere they had a ranking system. So you earned your shoes, you earned your bits, and so that's why the is, shoes. Is, so is the paint? It's
1: something we've we've discussed before. Is is the paint, um, or th- was it practical in the sense that it, it was also protection against the sun? A little I mean, bit. Was that a consideration? Even the yellow yeah.
0: clay, even the yellow clay, you still still burnt or crisp. Yeah, you know, right. It was the long, the long days. Well, was it just a cool looking thing? What Was the story? No, point no, about it had. It, we we went all the breakdowns for the original part of this film, and I don't know if I've got it on here, but the original breakdown for this film was you know, when Colin and George and all the guys were originally putting this stuff together. Um,
1: well, as you're looking for that, I, I just want well, um, to, we're, 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 we're up on, on an hour now. I, we've been very I, tribal. I, I understand that, uh, that you've got a lot of stuff to do, and you know, we're happy to keep
0: talking to you. But So this is the Mad Max Bibles. Oh, wow. Well,
2: guys, we're looking at a Holy Grail situation so, here. Oh, my
0: uh, God. So all this stuff, no, so no. this is everything's like concept art. Every, oh, this is, this is yeah, the Bible yeah. for the for the so world. Everything had a backstory. Every character had a backstory. Every character had because we wanted to know their journeys and where they'd been and where they come through and oh the aesthetics my God. and what what they were what they were fighting for, the looks of the characters, and, and you know you'll you'll see you know everything design was taken from something real. So when they did all the, the research for this stuff, it was all taken from real locations and. and Everything had a meaning, so it was very tribal. The reason we went for the war Wars with the paintings, the scarifications, was taken from very tribal fields, mm-hmm. which they'll be in here somewhere. You'll see if we get through to other characters. Oh, wow. uh, you guys wish you could be seeing what we're seeing yeah. right now. Just every, everything, had a, everything had to have a meaning, and, and it couldn't just be tacked on. We were very much against that, so let see if I can find that.
2: Now the pragmatism of the film plays. But even that with
0: you know the vermin, the the people, the, mm-hmm. used yeah. be, they used to be called the smelly people. All that stuff and that what they were down below and all disfigured. All these names
2: are so on the nose that you have yeah. the smelly people, the keeper. Of you Yeah, know, the rat, the, rap, seats, the so. rat wheel people and that stuff. So we had all those,
0: all those people with, pur- with purpose and you know what they were. Everything had to be structured in such a way that it was actually organic and real. Oh. So you didn't want anything that felt like the writer had done it or anything that felt like it was just done for the...
1: Right, for, for a visual. We, yeah. we talk about that, that. There's so many strikingly visual pieces of this film that you know, some people would argue, oh well, they did that because it looked cool. But every single thing that we've tried to, that, that we've said, oh, well, that, is that just for, you know, looking cool?
0: No, everything has a reason. Everything right. has its place. Even I even took Mark out of the shooting range. Yes!
2: <laughs> now, when you,
0: take, when you take an artist to a shooting range, a hey, they're all completely retarded. Uh-huh. Every yeah. artist i have ever taken with me to a shooting range has hurt themselves with an unloaded gun by pitching themselves in the slide. Of course <laughs> they They did. all come back with a bleeding hand from the slide. Yeah. Mark was no exception. I took Mark to a military shooting range in, in Australia the, with, with the Special Forces. Mark, you don't look cool in this picture. I you just do, want to you say you that. You look zero no, cool. No, zero I said, cool. make sure you wear closed-toed shoes so he wears thongs. So I'm walking around <laughs> the shooting range with bare feet so Mark can wear my shoes and shoot guns. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was... But everything. Was taken from all, even that stuff. The Molly, all those things mattered. Like all our guns were were taken and made from things that were jailhouse guns and weapons, and you know everything is everything's repurposed. We didn't want anything that was just, you know. You see a lot of weapons in films that always look bullshit, like, and you know, nothing. Yeah, nothing ever looked. Made up or wrong, that's, I mean,
2: I gotta tell you, man, that's like the impetus for this podcast. Is that yeah. when we saw the movie, we thought, yeah, I had this thing of where I'll see a movie and if, if I'm interested in it, I'll kind of mold over my head and think about it a little yeah. bit. He's showing us more videos, you guys. This is probably uh, some
0: broken hill test footage. of, You'll see some, this is this is this is some of my footage. Here. Um, sorry, guys, I got stunned by what I'm seeing. Test from <laughs> I'll come back health. to that point. Well, you can just listen
1: to us breathing heavily, and, know, and just d- imagine what we're, what we're watching right now. Aww. You'll see. This, this is when
0: we first really started knowing we could do this stuff. And yeah. okay. this is still looking like a polecat test for these guys. Yeah. Are
2: they are they harnessed in? Gotta be. It's gotta be right. Uh, the guys up yeah. here are here. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But they had to be detachable. The guys that had to jump off. Had to be able to jump off. Oh, in case there was an accident. No, because yeah. they had to jump on the truck. jump up in the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, They had to detach nice. and reattach. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so this is my first polecat fight. Yeah. It's on the ground. We rehearse everything on the ground. <laughs> yeah. So that's Tom's proper stunt double Jacob there. this is in Africa, this is how flash, our fight scenes look on the ground. Wonderful. Our expensive Furioso <laughs> with, with, with our orange Esky that's representing the back of the truck and a, our high end weapon system. We, we, we use cardboard most of the time. Even for the guns, we didn't have any. We had such a small props team that you'll see that no, the, gun, the gun he picks up is made out of a roll of cardboard because that's all we had. And we kept laughing. We we're on this such an expensive big movie, cardboard and, guns. and cardboard and bits of rubber, and we just had to roll. though, here, look. Even these rehearsals
2: look brutal, though. They look like
0: almost oh, real hits. Yeah, yeah well, rehearsals. we we wanted to, and when we first rehearsed in Broken Hill, we didn't have the blowers on the truck, so we had to. We kept falling through the holes. Oh, right. So you know, we we, and then we start doing. So this is a. I did this for a presentation. This shows section by section the guys jumping off on the move. Right. See, so they actually. Right, on so you on have, have real detachments. Yeah. So this is back in Britain. that's actually yeah, one of my the vehicles that I am driving. But but would you sort of uh, ramp
2: speed as you went? Was that the rehearsal process? We, I mean, the
0: thing is, you, yeah, as yeah, you step it up as you go. Right. I think old days they used to just go, like, go oh, now it. we know we're going fast. But no, you, now they, you know, step it up. But there's some really cool stuff that I wish we'd put in the film. Like, you can see one of our guys actually, you'll see him in a minute crawling across the pole cap pole to get on from the bottom up. And he that's did cool it on idea. there, it looked amazing. Yeah. So we were testing all this stuff for real. In, this is their essential sequences, you know? And yeah. the first taking out of Zoe, you know, back into yep. that giggle Yeah, yeah. You know? Shit. You see, like, you see, you know, and it's just. The stunt
2: guys live for this, though. They must have been so happy. Oh, right? this is a dream job for them. Yeah, this really, is, like, I mean, the thing you always hope to be able to do. I'm yeah, especially the even the drivers. I
0: mean, we had some amazing drivers. So then you see it in the film, and that's oh. what it ends up looking like, I mean, oh, you know, the <laughs> That's world slung yeah, There it is. Yeah, I can yeah. tell everyone's name as we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said to Pete, who just died then, I said, Pete, you died better than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all my stuntman wants to hear.
1: What was the? What's the idea? with the motivation behind the gas masks on the? Because it seems like gas masks are a thing oh, reserved the for polecats. It was. It was. Oh, it's, yeah, well, it's the gas town. It's a gas town. Gas bit boys. So boys.
0: All, okay. So the polecats you casters for gas town. Know, a bit of bondage. So and, yeah, bit of okay. bondage yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've recut really some of this is because I was showing it as a bit of a demo. Yeah, but, um, you know, you see the guys jumping off. And, is... you know. So this is the fight that we made on the day with Darren, and, and with Joy getting the back. Actually, Morgan, unfortunately, Morgan in the back who's kicking into Joy, and I mean he actually passed away oh, about a month and a half ago. He had a, got a glioblastoma and, and died of a brain tumour. Wow. He was an amazing stunt performer.
2: Listeners, I'm so sorry. We're, there's so I'll many say, things happening on
1: screen. Charlie's, we can't I'll even show this is the wet, so. oh, the Shelly's training with uh, for for firearms. Wow,
2: no joke, pretty BA, no joke, pretty yeah. guys, pretty BA, guys, no, it's, it's, it's no joke. No, she's doing this for real.
0: And she got into it. She's Ringo. You at the set today? Or can we go shooting? And uh, she got right into it. She was real good.
2: How many hours do you think she logged in the shooting range? Uh, <laughs>
0: Me any day to go arrange an excuse. But it was funny because I said, oh, what time do you get up? She goes, about 7. I said, I'll see you at 6. She goes, yeah, okay. So 6 i I'm banging on the door. And she goes, you motherfucker. I <laughs> <laughs> said, so I told you 6. and It was misty. We couldn't see. and it was just... Do so it. we had a coffee. and we went out there and freezing cold. She set up,
2: you know. She is rocking this range. This is, is me. This, this, is is me okay. Okay. Okay.
0: this is me But it's um.
2: Up until this point, I was considering fighting you, but now I've decided
0: I <laughs> a couple coffee, of maybe I'm going to backtrack yeah, that We had the 50 cals you know you're shooting a gun when you shoot a 50. Yeah, yeah, It's Tom Hardy's shooting, oh wow. He's a big boy too. He's that a is... big boy and he's getting robbed. Yeah, we're yeah. about the same size. Really? Yeah. So this is Dane and Dana. So these are the two. So when Dane was rehearsing the Lost especially the Gun Jazz, which was the name of this sequence, and this is Dana. So these two met doing my post-storm fight originals and then doing this, fell in love, essentially, in the back of my car, which sounds creepy. Yeah, it does as, <laughs> as we're driving to do fight scenes and they got married and I got to be best man at their wedding. Is ah, that's great. <laughs> And we're I mean really close. It's a very
2: high, like a nice way to meet someone in a high stress situation like that. Well, George said to yeah, make so the fight a
0: love scene. I achieved it, see? Yeah, you yeah, did. did. It yeah, clearly did. Clearly it. clearly worked. Did. Yeah,
2: more so than you yeah. wanted to, I think.
0: Yes. What yes. is she working on uh, now? Dana, she's yeah.
1: doing.
0: She's got a stunt school in New Zealand. She and Dana got that. They they teach a lot of people yeah. now. She was uh, she actually uh, coordinated. Uh, Evil Dead, the last new Evil Dead film. Oh, really? Yeah, She's she was a stunt oh, very good. So we're lucky here to have some really good friends. with Robbie Marshall and Cody and Mackie and all these guys who are the motorbike riders. Because, I mean, that's scary shit. You come off that bike in front of this thing, you're gone. You're done. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, there's is no is, room for on okay. yeah. It cussed us, so. Very few films would shoot that practical. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, like, yeah, that was, it's so dangerous. Yeah, you know, these were all done with Oh, so one that's unreal. Yeah, one of our guys came off there and put his teeth through his ear, mm-hmm, but he was—he mm-hmm. was all good. <laughs> He's fine. So a ca- cow, cow catcher, the yeah, use, Using that to put the
1: fire out is, a, is such a brilliantly motivated. Oh.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, it almost—when cool, you see uh, the skulls come, it almost looks CG, but it's not. This is just how yeah. it turned out. It was pretty yeah, really huh. cool. We had Robbie oh, wow. Jones, we had Stevie Gore. we It's such, such amazing motorbike riders, you know. But all these reloads, we practiced the hell out of.
1: Is that—is that an SKS? Is yes, it is. Yeah.
0: Always like this guys, so was just a yeah. chance to put it in. This
2: is the uh, motorbike scene, guys. And
0: Robbie did this, he jumped this onto this thing and then, uh that was just Fuck. sick. So you know, so that's that's just bits of places.
2: But it's Craig, you're making Greg, our day here.
1: Yeah, Craig, we've 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 taken a, a lot of your time. Um, we've
2: uh, I I mean, I could, I, could, I could keep doing this all day. I think what we'll probably but. do is this. We should probably have a next episode decompression of this. <laughs> we should probably time. have an episode that's just talking we about We should wrap this here and then we'll come back through. That's what I think we should do. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, Great. Craig, thank you so much for making the time when is you're there. Ad- is
2: there any way people can follow you or things that you want to plug? Or yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, for me. Uh,
1: any of your shorts or any upcoming projects or, or whatever.
0: Give us uh, the dirt. Bet you yeah. Warner Brothers to get my film Warriors Lost out there. Uh, there it is. Warner listen, Brothers listen listeners to listen listen Warner Brothers. I mean, for me, it's, you know, I do a lot of speaking. Jacob over here is sitting on, on my right. We, we do a lot of mental health activist stuff now. We, you know, we try and help people through hard times and, and come back. So I've got a website, which is gregvanborsum.com, which is G R E G V A N B O R S S U M. For mother, or bad mother, you want to call dot uh, <laughs> com. Clear here is it? You will get that? You know, to go into G or otherwise go into GVB, the Mind Warrior, and you get if you go through GVB Mind Warrior on YouTube, you'll see my YouTube channel. But yeah, um, yeah happy to chat anytime with people. Check him out, hit him up,
2: guys. Uh, he's obsessive in all the best kind of ways. <laughs> yes. So we like. Start
0: thanks. asking math questions. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs>
2: enough. Well, thanks for coming on, man. That was really, really great. Yeah. Really great. My, my
0: name is Yuri Lowenthal. My
2: name is Travis Intel.
0: GBB and over on the corner is Jacob.
1: Then Jacob's over here (laughs) and you are awaited.